0: This is the Beyond the Game program recorded in the BTG studio in Rochester, New York. We're glad to have you along. I'm Rick Benson. Joining me is the program's producer, Zach Barletta. Keep up with the Beyond the Game program on Twitter or, in fact, any of the other social media platforms. Our handle is at BTG Program or stop by our website, btgprogram.com. You can find information about the program, about the hosts, and subscribe to our podcast or listen to previous broadcasts all right there at btgprogram.com. Oh, to be young, healthy, and a quick healer. How good is it to see Teddy Bridgewater making his way back to the Minnesota Vikings?
1: Yeah, I couldn't believe it, but that's great. Great for him.
0: Yeah, I had to feel for the young man. You know, he came in the last season rising star, you know, upcoming quarterback in the league. Then he suffered that horrible injury. During a practice, no less. Mm-hmm. Two weeks, maybe, before the start of the season? Yeah, if that. Yeah, it was, he, he lost for the entire 2016 season and reported that only the quick action, I think you mentioned this to me a year or so ago, only the quick action by the trainers, they felt saved his leg. That's what the severity of the injury.
1: Yeah, that was But crazy. there was
0: still some concern of whether or not he would ever make it back onto the field again. And of course, the Vikings, they seemed ready to be a a contender in the NFC and make a run for the Super Bowl, maybe a sleeper team, strong defense, good coaching, plus Adrian Peterson coming off a pretty solid year. Mm -hmm. And even as last season ended, January, late December, whatever it was, Bridgewater's prognosis was – it was upgraded slightly, but there was still some questions whether or not he would be ready for 2017 back in May or – April, sometime this spring, you saw him in the OTAs, and he had this heavy brace on his leg. But in pictures shared this week, and whether or not they're official pictures, who really knows? I don't know if the team released them. Right. But those pictures show him working out without a brace, which would seem to me like a remarkable recovery. I mean, I scratch myself, and the wound is still evident several weeks later.
1: (laughs) Clearly, If I get a a severe knee injury, I'm going to the Vikings doctors because what they've done with Adrian Peterson and now Teddy Bridgewater, they seem to know what they're doing over there.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, Zach. Really encouraging, though, to see great for football fans Mm. and, and even obviously for Viking fans in particular. They don't get the credit they deserve, though, Viking fans, for the hard luck they've had for so long. You know, you hear about the Browns. You hear about the Cubs up until last year. The Indians, the Cavs, they were talked about here in Western New York. Of course, obviously the Bills get talked about. Yeah. And, and you know, that's a thing that bothers me though. The Bills, I know I get it. They never won, but I think getting to four consecutive Super Bowls is pretty stinking amazing. Mm-hmm. But the really? Vikings have been so close a number of times, yet never gone to the promised land of being league champions. And just when everything was looking like they might be able to make a run, they lose their starting quarterback and really all hope for a Super Bowl at the very same time. If you had to, let me ask you this. If you had to make a list of lovable losers for each league, who would be on that list? I mean, would it be a Vikings or Bills, you know, who were close at times, though, you know, never did win at all? Or would it be a team like maybe the Knicks who have a title or two in their history, but have been so bad for so many years.
1: I think the Vikings are actually a pretty good pick. I've actually heard them called the Bills of the Northwest. They've had some great players. They have a great fan base. um, But they just seem to have had a run of bad luck too. The Bills fans, the thing with the Bills, I don't think I can call them lovable losers, even though I'm a lifelong Bills fan because their fans are so obnoxious they're really not all that lovable <laughs> you know and i want well, I, I think but, that's
0: a title i don't know that anybody is a lovable loser yeah. well, i, I mean, mean the
1: cubs were for a while but you know the vikings are a good pick and and i think i could the, the standby is cleveland i think i could still say cleveland because you know they it's not like who hates the browns nobody hates the browns you make jokes about the browns if you feel bad for the browns but they're they're kind of the whipped puppy, I guess, of the NFL.
0: I think for me it would be the Vikings. I mean, they've been around since 1961, 28 playoff appearances. They've been to four Super Bowls, 19 division titles, yet no championship, unless you want to count 1969. They they lost a the Super Bowl, but technically I guess that's a championship. They lost to the mm-hmm. Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but this was pre-merger, so I guess that counts, but they also have the distinction of being the team that Jim Marshall had the wrong way, touchdown for scored the touchdown in the (laughs) wrong end zone. So you have that. If you're a lovable loser, those things sort of happen to you. In baseball, it's got to be the Indians. The Cubs, you can't call the lovable losers anymore. So it's got to be the Indians for me. What is it, since 47 or something? Something
1: like that. Although, see, the Indians right now are pretty darn good.
0: But they're not traditional. They they make movies about how bad the Indians have been. This is true. This is true. Is there any other team? I, Milwaukee, maybe? They've not really had any great history of success. Yeah.
1: Maybe the Pirates.
0: Yeah, you could make a case for the Pirates. I you could know, see that.
1: Especially the last few years. They're they're a good team. they got lots of players like Andrew McCutcheon that you like, and they just can't seem to get over the hump.
0: 1979 is a long time ago. The Willie stargill we yeah. are family Pirates. That so, was a long time ago.
1: That'll be my pick. They're lovable and they're losers. They're the pirates.
0: Basketball has to be the Knicks. Like I said, they've yeah. got a title or two, sure, but they've been so bad. And even when they were good, and they get to to go far in the playoffs, they got a good team. They get their broadcast gets preempted by a football player and a white Bronco being chased by police.
1: <laughs> Boy, that's tough.
0: So I I can't think of any team more deserving than the Knicks of that. And hockey's really tough. Yeah. Hockey's really tough because who there's there's only a handful of teams that have really had great success. Obviously the Canadians, the Islanders at one time in in the early eighties, late seventies were a terrific team. The Flyers, the Bruins, there's a handful of teams that had success, but really most of them have not had a history of success. And I think of your New York Rangers who've been competitive have come close and really have only that one title since 1940, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and that one they have is is going on a quarter of a century ago.
1: Yeah, you know, I hadn't thought of it that way when you tweeted it out, but you might be right. It might be the Rangers. That's kind of depressing.
0: So you got the Bills, Zach, and you got the Rangers.
1: Good thing I have the Yankees.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you can't hardly call them. Speaking of historic lovable losers, here is something you wouldn't have guessed. If you're a gambler and you make a bet, It's somewhat traditional, I would think, to collect your winnings, wouldn't you think? Makes sense. Makes sense to me. You win a fantasy sports league, you accept the cash prize because that spends a lot easier than does the printout of the final league standings, which show you that you won. Mm -hmm. You want your winnings. Well, it turns out that earlier this spring, bookies in Las Vegas made extra money. They were the unexpected benefactors of a number of unclaimed bets. Fans of the Chicago Cubs held on to their World Series betting slips from last season, saving those slips as mementos or souvenirs marking the end of that 100-year drought, 108-year drought. Guys, Make a Xerox copy and then go get your money. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) As would be expected, considering the strength of the Cubs last year, the optimism regarding that team going into the season, you like their chances. So thousands of bets were placed on the Cubs last year to win the 2016 World Series, Mm -hmm. which is reportedly more than double any other team. So there's a lot of bets on the Cubs, yet in May... When the 180-day deadline, I, I don't. I'm not a gambler. I don't know how this stuff works. But apparently, there's a 180-day deadline to collect your winnings. Close to 30 percent. It's estimated that 30 percent did not collect wow. it, have gone uncollected. The average payout at one hotel was only about 26 bucks, but in total uncollected tickets, that saved the book more than a hundred thousand dollars. $100,000. At the Golden Nugget, the number of uncashed bets is slightly more than 20%, which includes at least two 5-to-1 wagers at $600, which would have paid 3600 bucks each uncollected. Maybe Cubs fans just don't know what to do <laughs> when you win, but that's that's incredible. Saving this is a souvenir. I think you make a great point. Make a Xerox copy of it and move on.
1: Yeah, it seems simple.
0: Coming up on today's show, if you haven't heard, and I can't imagine how you haven't heard after this week, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor are scheduled for a boxing match next month. They did a great deal of promoting the fight this week, as well as promoting themselves, flaunting those oversized egos. We'll talk about egos and some of the problems they can create for believers in Christ. Plus, we talked some baseball last week as we approached the All-Star break and the season's unofficial halfway point. We'll do it again as the second half kicks off. We'll do some shenanigans as well as tell you what it is that we like this week, all coming up today in the Beyond the Game program with Rick Benson and Zach Barletta. Let me tell you about town and country pest solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that can pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals, call Town & Country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs. So if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. Town & Country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024 and let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God.
1: Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of unsolved mysteries, mythical monsters, murder whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, The Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, jfk's assassination chupacabras serial killers and more you can find us by searching for myths and mysteries on itunes or google play or on our website myths and don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think we're also on facebook twitter and instagram at mythspodcast so go check out the myths and mysteries podcast and we'll see you next time it's here ram sports network Christian Sports Television. That's right, Christian Sports Television. Ram Sports Network is the first Christian sports TV channel with programming from pee to the pros. Games, events, sports talk, fitness and nutrition, sports missions, western sports, and sports ministry. We're spreading the gospel through sports. Watch us now at ramsportsnetwork.com or find us on the Roku Channel Store. Ram Sports Network.
0: More than a game. Benton and Barletta, talking Sports, taking you through the hour here on the Beyond the Game program. Zach, let's shake things up a bit. We usually do it later in the show, but let's do the shenanigans now.
1: Alright, I'm ready. Number one, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game was a letdown this week after the excitement of the Home Run Derby.
0: I agree. Sort of, anyway. I thought the game was good. I like a good pitcher's duel, but I will admit that it was somewhat lacking. The reason I say sort of is because the home run derby was so stinking good Mm -hmm. that it was a little unfair to expect the game to have that same kind of energy. You had a competitive ball game. There's no doubt about it. It was exciting. It went into extras. You're winning it with a 10th inning home run. That's pretty exciting. But the derby was home run after home run after home run, which is fun. And what made it so electric is what we, we were watching to see if the next home run was actually going to go farther than the one before it. it those were majestic shots. I mean, mm-hmm. really, bouncing off the windows there beyond center field. That yeah. was incredible. So Hitting you're watching this stashy. thing just with this kind of every shot is exciting. Mm-hmm. It's hard to expect that over nine innings. You're not going to get that. You're going to get pitches taken. You're going to get walks. You're going to get strikeouts. You're not gonna have hit after hit after hit. So I say sort of, because it was um it was somewhat lacking when you would compare it to the home run derby.
1: I agree as well. And it, it as like you, I love a good well pitched two to one ball game. But I think I like that more when it's the same two pitchers. When it's two pitchers dueling for seven, eight, nine innings. When it's every inning or two it changes, it's the continuity's gone. Plus when you see a lineup with all these star hitters, you wanna see them take their cuts, you wanna see them hit Line drives all over the place and hit home. You don't want to see Giancarlo Stanton striking out. You want to see him crushing dingers. So for me, it was kind of anticlimactic after the way the Derby went.
0: I like a pitcher's duel, but I like to see guys get on base because I like a little pressure. Yeah, on those pitchers. I like to see. I like to see him pitching out of the stretch. Yeah, I do. I agree. I like the pitcher's duel, but I would like to see pressure. We didn't get that in this All Star game.
1: We really didn't. Bryce Harper said that he wants the all-star teams to be picked like a fantasy draft by two team captains instead of NL versus AL like it's always been. So, truth or shenanigans, this would be a better way to do it. I
0: think Bryce Harper should be tested for drugs. (laughs) Shenanigans. I hated the Pro Bowl doing, what was it, Team Rice versus Team Sanders or whatever it was. Well, I guess I hate the Pro Bowl anyway, so that's a little unfair but doing Team Rice or Team Sanders or Team whoever just made it worse. First off, you'd be messing with tradition, which I'm a tra- I am like tradition. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And the baseball all-star game clearly isn't broke. But secondly, we watch sports because we love the competition. And don't you think that if you picked it like a schoolyard game of kickball, you'd be losing a little in the translation? I love that it's the two leagues just as it is in the World Series. So I, I think shenanigans.
1: As much as I like that format and I enjoy it in the leagues where it's done, I agree with you. I think in baseball, you need to keep it the way that it is. First of all, I read a statistic the other day that it, it's on Twitter, so I can't verify that it's true. But from what I saw, the the National League and the American League have the exact same record in all-star games. They're exactly even. So they're pretty well balanced the way it is. Leave it the way that it is.
0: The American League had to do a lot of work because for years, what was it, through the 60s, 70s, maybe well into the 80s, it was National League, National League, National League. Mm -hmm. So the the American League was in a hole because I'm an American League fan, being a Yankees fan. I've always rooted for the American League and for years they never won. I think they won one game in this very long stretch, and now it's sort of turned the other way around. Yeah,
1: was it like 16 of 20 for the American League or yeah. something similar to that? Yeah, it's completely flip-flopped. Sticking with baseball, true or false, Luis Severino is the Yankees' ace.
0: Why don't you go first here, Zach? What do you think?
1: Uh, he wasn't supposed to be, but I kind of have to agree that he is. Um, with the season that Masahiro Tanaka has had, and Michael Pineda has been as inconsistent as ever, CC Sabathia is... Gives it what, everything that he has, but he's not the pitcher he used to be. And uh, as much as I like Jordan Montgomery, he just doesn't have ace stuff. And the way Severino was pitched, he's been consistent. He piles up the strikeouts. He keeps runs off the board. I think he's the ace.
0: I say shenanigans that he's not, though I would say he's been their best pitcher throughout the first half. But a staff ace to me in the true sense of the word, again, this is my opinion, There's a lot of leadership involved. The ace is the guy who takes the ball every fifth day. He's the guy you have confidence in, the the supreme confidence that when he takes the hill, if your team has been on a losing streak, that streak will end. He's the guy the rookies look to for advice. He's the guy that, you know, he's the leader, maybe not the spoken leader. So not only on the field, but off the field. So to me, CeCe Sabathia is still the ace of the team. He might no longer be the best pitcher. But if you got to give somebody the ball, I think CeCe Sabathia is probably getting it.
1: And you know he's somebody that the younger guys look up to.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you want to put Tanaka in that role, and I don't know if it's the language barrier or whatever, but uh, he hasn't played as well this year. But also, he does not he's not the team leader. CC Sabathia is the ace of that staff. Not every team has an ace, but I think the Yankees do in Sabathia.
1: Well, we're talking about the Yankees because it's our show and we can if we want to. (laughs) Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred is correct that Aaron Judge can be the face of Major League Baseball.
0: Oh, I would agree with that. And I think you saw a lot of why that is at the Home Run Derby. He said all the right things. You know, he he has a shyness about... Uh, some of the attention that he's getting, sort of an aw shucks kind of approach to it. Fans love power hitters, and this guy has plenty of thunder in his bat. It, look, this is a giant of a man. He has an electric smile, seems to be having fun, and you want to see your face of the game having fun playing the game. Mm-hmm. What more could you want?
1: Well, I agree that he could be one of the faces of the game. I think we're forgetting about a couple of guys named Mike oh, Trout I agree. and Bryce I,
0: Harper. I don't think you can have one face of the game. Right, There's right, too right. many great players out there. Mike Trout is, you know, also just, he's everything that Aaron Judge has, except more, maybe yeah. the size. Nobody I, has that size. He was, for a rookie, he was so composed in the way that he was answering some of the questions. When a Buster Olney or a Ken Rosenthal, I forget who it was, is pressing him, hey, are you going to come back next year? Well, we'll we'll see. He just said all the right things. Celebrated with his team when he won. It just he really handled the situation as well as I would have expected from Absolutely.
1: him. Absolutely. Running back turned pro wrestler D'Angelo Williams has announced that he's done with wrestling and is coming back to the NFL. So, truth or shenanigans? The Buffalo Bills should be interested. I'm
0: certainly not nearly as well informed or passionate as you would be about this, Zach. <laughs> and if you're not familiar, with our program, Zach is maybe the biggest Bills fan there is. So I'm going to let you go first on this.
1: I would love to see it, to be honest. Um, LaShawn McCoy is still a very good running back, but he misses a game or two here or there every year, as running backs are wont to do. And the depth behind him, with Mike Gillisley gone to the Patriots, is a little suspect. Um, you got a fifth-round pick, and Jonathan Williams is your number two running back right now. So having a veteran guy like D'Angelo Williams, who's still a very talented running back, to be your injury fill-in, I think would be a great idea.
0: See, I'm so impressed with myself right now because I consider you one of the bigger Bills fans, very knowledgeable, you know the team, you you, you study the numbers, you you're very familiar. And you just gave my answer almost word for word. So wow. that means I feel pretty good about me right now because I agree they should be interested. With Mike Gilsley gone, there isn't a lot left there. You have, as you mentioned, Jonathan Williams, um, but you also have a free agent in Joe Banyard mm. and then I think maybe one or two other guys just to try to fill the holes, compete for a job. So why wouldn't you be interested in D'Angelo Williams? What do you have to lose? Bring him in. Let him compete for a job.
1: Yeah, you're, you're one LaShawn McCoy injury away from having a starting tandem of Jonathan Williams and Joe Banyard. That Ooh. is not exciting. No,
0: that's not helping your team.
1: No, bring me D'Angelo Williams, please. Last but not least, former Detroit Lions wide receiver Kelvin Johnson told a reporter this week that his decision to retire from the NFL one year ago was based largely on the fact that the Lions were bad and didn't have a shot to win the Super Bowl. So, truth or shenanigans, Megatron could still be a team's number one wide receiver in the NFL if he unretired today.
0: You know, I agree, he probably could be. Although I agree based on the assumption that he would play it. Somewhat close. I'm not even saying he has to be the player he was, but if he played somewhat close to the level he did when he retired, I, I think he could be. There are plenty of teams who could use help at wide receiver. But if he retired because the, the Lions were bad, one would assume he'd only want to play for a contender. And that's, that's going to narrow the options mm-hmm. for teams that you could be a number one for. Could you be a number one receiver in the NFL? Sure. Could you be a number one team on a contender that has a shot at the Super Bowl? Well, that's a much different question. But he was a significant talent. So yeah, I if he's close to the player he was then, then I think he could be a top receiver in the league.
1: I think so too. And you know where I think would be a perfect place for him? In the same division with the Green Bay Packers. I I don't think it'll ever happen. I certainly don't think I don't know if Detroit still owns his rights, but I certainly don't think they would allow that. But in a perfect world, I think he'd go to the Packers. But my answer is yes.
0: Who was it this week? Greg Jennings. Yeah. Blamed head coach Mike McCarthy for their for their blown leads, like they have the Yankee bullpen or something. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was interesting. But the other thing I thought that I, I heard this week that I thought was kind of humorous was, was it J.J. Watt? It wasn't J.J. Watt. It was uh, Clay Matthews. Saying that with Jay Cutler gone, Mm -hmm. he's going to miss having Cutler around to pad his numbers. Yeah. Now I thought that was humorous. It was. It was. I hope it was meant to be well-intended fun. Yeah. And I certainly took it that way. But boy, that was a that was a funny thing to say, although not exactly nice.
1: I don't think Greg Jennings is getting a Christmas card from the Packers this year.
0: (laughs) When that was an unbelievable comment to me when I read that, I was kind of surprised. And and you read all kinds of stuff, and you kind of dismiss some of it but when Mm -hmm. i read that i was like wow that's pretty bold shots fired yeah that was shots fired hey coming up after the break we're going to talk a little boxing we don't do that a lot on the program but we're going to talk about boxing get into a discussion about egos and how it affects maybe even you and i in our regular life i'm benson he's barletta this is the beyond the game program Here is the Red Hawks Report for our broadcast on July 15th, 2017. The Red Hawks Report being presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Four student-athletes on the Roberts Wesleyan women's bowling team have been named to the National Ten Pin Coaches Association All-Academic Team. Gabriela Godfrey, Victoria Kuntz, Ariana Zimmer, and Jessica Zadunski were recognized for having had at least a cumulative GPA of 3.4 for the academic school year. The four young ladies from Roberts were selected among 229 honorees from 50 NCAA programs. And congratulations as well to Abigail Zembiak from Spencerport High School, who joins Cameron Perry from Pennsylvania as the first two Letter of Intent signees for Robert Wesleyan's new swimming program. Zembiak competed in sectionals the last two years in the 100-yard breaststroke and is a National Honor Society member and high honor roll student. She will make the program and head coach Sarah Smith very proud, I'm sure. And the Red Hawks Athletic Department is proud of the new website they've recently rolled out. You can check it out at robertsredhawks.com. And that's going to do it for the Red Hawks Report for this week, July fifteenth, two 2017. The Red Hawks Report is, as always, presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. And you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at rwcredhawks.com. Get scores, highlights, and other bits of information pertaining to Roberts Wesleyan Athletics by visiting that new RWC Athletics website. Once again, it's robertsredhawks.com. This has been the Red Hawks Report presented by Roberts Wesleyan College.
2: If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles our teams have made three NCAA National Championship appearances and 96 student-athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu.
0: Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program, mixing sports with faith. I'm not sure of the reason, but nearly one-third this past week, Zach, of our podcast downloads were of the international variety. So we say hello to those listening from around the world, and a special hello this week to those in Ireland who topped our list of most international downloads. We also welcome in those who may be listening from Miamisburg, Ohio. Thank you for downloading the podcast this past week. We hope you enjoy today's show as well. A little slice of Americana just outside Dayton. Miamisburg has a wonderful downtown area, Library Park, playing host each year to the spring break in the Berg Festival. The town also largely known for its ancient Indian burial grounds. Maybe you want to do an episode about this on your Myth and Mysteries podcast. Known as the Miamisburg Mound, 68 foot tall, can be climbed via the 116 concrete steps on the side of the mound. It's the home of Hamburger Wagon one of the country's great little hamburger joints, a true joint. They're famous for their little burgers. They're crispy on the outside because they're deep-fried in a large skillet served on a roll with an onion, pickle, salt, and pepper, just a perfect little burger. You
1: had me at deep-fried.
0: Miamisburg High School produced Super Bowl champion David Bruton, who was last, last year played with the Washington Redskins, was part of the Denver Broncos Super Bowl 50 championship team. It's also the birthplace of Lou Partlow. Do you know who Lou Partlow is? Credited, he was a running back for the Dayton Triangles, recognized as being the first professional football player to score an official touchdown. October 3rd, 1920, the Dayton Triangles beat the Columbus Panhandles 14-0 in the first ever NFL game. Lou Partlow scoring a touchdown from Miamisburg, Ohio.
1: I'm very glad that he did.
0: Wherever you may be listening, we thank you for your support. You can subscribe to the Beyond the Game podcast, have it sent to your device each week. Simply search for us on iTunes or visit our website, btgprogram.com. One more thing about Miamisburg. It's the home of 93.7 FM, WFCJ, yet another Christian radio station, which has nothing to do with us.
1: <laughs> Maybe Christian,
0: Christian radio seems to come in two formats. It's... E- it's either teaching or music. And I don't mean to, to rail on Christian radio, but they're nearly identical. Every mm-hmm. every teaching Christian station, they all have the same lineup, practically the same lineup. And every music Christian radio station has the same 15 to 20 songs, seemingly, that they play over Ooh, that and over. might be a generous <laughs> number. <laughs> I'd love to find a station in the Christian format that had – the minerals to be different, you know, set themselves apart. Yeah, plates of metal. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they want to go that far, but I like to think, it's like they think there's only two types of Christians. There's either the learner or the worshiper, and that they're mutually exclusive. The two can't be together, and none of them has an interest in sports. I don't know what it is about Christian radio station, but most of the time, and I'm sure I'm not familiar with some that are out there, but most of them are just... Well, they're awful, Zach. They're not great. They're not great, and I'm not just saying that because they won't have anything to do with our pra- program. Who can blame them? Of course, but they all just seem so out of touch. Where Christians that I know live their lives. And speaking of being real, how about the pre-fight hype by Floyd Way? Mo- yeah, I can't even say his name. Floyd Mayweather and Connor McGregor. I used to enjoy boxing. I did back in my day. Well, back in my day, when I was a (laughs) teenager growing up, we had Muhammad Ali, George Frazier, eventually a young Mike Tyson. And For me, growing up in the Catskills, Mike Tyson was cool because he trained in Catskill, New York, and he was fighting every other Saturday. Every other week, he was fighting somebody. It was great. I've never gotten into MMA, never really been a fan. It just seemed barbaric to me. And I know people have said the same thing about boxing, but maybe it's just that boxing was something I grew up with. New York City had so many boxing gyms and, of course, the Golden Gloves. Now, I know they originated out of Chicago and every city has its Golden Gloves tournaments, but there was something special about New York City boxing. And I I get it. I have an East Coast bias, but the Mayweather-McGregor fight is just dripping to me with novelty as if it were some sort of circus spectacle. And I guess it is. That's what promotion is all about. But they're even promoting the pre-events.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's getting ridiculous.
0: This this isn't the fight. They're lining up this series of, what did they call them, behind-the-microphone meetings. Mm -hmm. That's what they were calling it. Usually the verbal sparring reserved for the weigh-ins, well, that's what they were setting up, a series of these things so these guys could kind of, spar with one another verbally, and just get at it. And it was so, it was a turnoff for me.
1: It's very over the top.
0: Because it was so orchestrated, it seemed.
1: It looks more like pro wrestling than boxing.
0: Yeah, it really did. And I don't know if that comes with the MMA. As I said, I don't follow it. And I know that's part of boxing. Whether you go back to the glory days of boxing or not, you Mm -hmm. had to promote the fights. Right. You're out there to sell tickets, and now you're out there to sell... Pay-per-view subscriptions.
1: I get the feeling with this fight, though, like we're going to finally get the fight, and it's going to be like one of those movies where the trailer looks awesome, and then you find out all the awesome parts were in the trailer, and you get to the movie and you're let down. I feel like that's what this fight is going to be.
0: I think I've asked you this before. Do you plan to purchase the fight on pay-per-view? Wouldn't you be afraid of investing the money to find that it lasts a minute and a half.
1: I'm sure I could catch all the interesting parts on highlight shows the next day.
0: I don't know. It just has this novelty effect. You got one guy from boxing, one guy from MMA, and I don't know how that'll work out. I guess nobody does. That's what's part of the novelty of mm-hmm. this whole thing, but the egos of the two guys are the same. Oh, my And when gosh. you get two guys like Mayweather and McGregor, two very proud, very accomplished, very self-appreciating i mean they talk about themselves they're promoting their fight they're trying to sell as we said these pay-per-view subscriptions and whenever you do you're going to get a fair amount of testosterone driven low-grade debauchery Mm -hmm. and that's what they're doing and and they're riling up the crowd with this did mcgregor really wear a suit with vulgarity on it yep why is that necessary
1: I guess any publicity is good publicity when you're trying to sell pay-per-views.
0: Mayweather with the Irish flag and McGregor going through Mayweather's back. back it was all just kind of silly. And as you said, it was almost took on a, a, a wrestling approach to it.
1: Yeah, I was waiting for Vince McMahon.
0: What Was I reading the WWE? Maybe it's the WWF. I can't tell the difference <laughs> between them, but Roman Reigns had his opponent in the back of an ambulance. And slam the ambulance into a it just
1: yeah. a bunch of
0: crazy stuff.
1: That'll be next week for McGregor and, and Mayweather.
0: I get that they have supersized egos. I think it's sports to be successful. You have to have confidence in yourself that borders on and, and maybe breeds an inflated ego. And isn't that then only increased because you've enjoyed success? Once you've had that success, your ego, I think, is naturally Grown, it's almost contrary to be a successful athlete and remain humble. It's it's hard to do. Heck, you, you you want your athletes to have a little swag, like Aaron Judge. We've talked about this during one of the previous segments. He seemed to say all the right things. He flashed a humble smile. He said, "We'll see about coming back next year," even when pressed. It seemed though like he knew. He was the big man on campus. Mm-hmm. He was the guy there that everybody was there to be. You know he wanted to say, oh, yeah, I'll be back next year because who's better at this than me? But he didn't say that. The Bible says in Matthew twenty sixteen that so the last shall be first and the first last. God has a way of humbling the proud and then using the small to do amazing things. You think of David, obviously, all those great warriors, and they pick a a a shepherd boy with five stones and and beats Goliath, it shows that God is powerful behind the achievement. He's the power behind that achievement, not the man. I think we get in trouble whenever we lose sight of that. We begin to think about all that I've done. Look at what I've done. Look at what I've accomplished. We're supposed to be drawing attention to the glory of the Savior, and yet we manage to find a way to make sure that we get noticed too that we get included, that we don't get overlooked. And our sports culture just, well, it doesn't teach humility. It rewards confidence for sure, but it also rewards arrogance. Social media alone provides so many ways for us to boast about our accomplishments, just as McGregor and Mayweather are doing. Many people use social media to draw attention to themselves while sort of Sort of acting as though they're not, that's not what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I remember I had a young, young man working in the ministry that I was leading at the time and the guy loved when I would ask him to preach. And look, getting an opportunity to share the word of God is a privilege for sure and certainly worth getting excited about. But it always seemed that it was more the attention that he got, he, he really got jazzed up for. It was more the spotlight. And Many times, that's what people think the ministry is, holding the microphone, uh, speaking to the crowd, singing on stage. And while that's part of it, the most impactful part of ministry is the one-on-one relationships that you can build with other people, the way you treat them, the way you serve them, the way you care for them, the way you take time to listen to them, uh, talk to them, just just taking time for them. So in on this one occasion, a young man's going away for a few months, working as a counselor, as a camp. He's been away a couple of weeks. He is home for, I don't know, a holiday, whatever, weekend, whatever. He wants to know if, when he goes back to camp, if I want him to Skype in with the students. And I thought, why in the world do I want you to Skype in with the students? <laughs> so I pressed him. Well, well, because they're going to be interested in what I'm doing. So I pushed a little further. Why? Why would they be interested? What he wanted was to get up and tell everybody what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And okay, you're young, you're naive, you're stupid, whatever. <laughs> I want to be careful about pressing this point too hard, insinuating that I know people's motives. But is it our ego we're feeding or are we truly seeking to glorify a very deserving God? The other day my wife and daughter and I, we were talking about the you know those church meal wagons that they have the uh, little circle of groups that bring a meal when somebody has a baby or oh, yeah, yeah. somebody has somebody dies or somebody gets hurt. Well, y- you sign up for these meal trains or meal wagons or whatever they're called. In many cr- cases it's the Christian equivalent of soccer moms trying to outdo one another. Well, <laughs> what did you bring them? I brought them this. Well, the other day somebody basically scratched their elbow. And I saw that the it was a church leader's wife One of the leaders in the church, a very prominent person, his wife, one of their child broke their leg or something, broke an arm. I don't know what it was. It was the child. It wasn't the wife. So anyway, they're all signing up for this meal training. Again, I'm trying to be careful because I'm pressing this, but I don't know people's motives. But it just seemed like, well, they wouldn't have done this for somebody less prominent. I was pretty sure of that, and it bothered me. Of all the people, this woman doesn't work outside the home. I'm sure she works very hard in the home. I'm not debating that. My point is there are a lot of people who could use a meal. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of people that could have used this. And here these people are lining up for the next two weeks to bring this person a meal because their kid broke her arm, broke her leg, whatever it was. And I can't help but think, well, you're just trying to be seen because you wouldn't have done that for a less prominent person. Mm -hmm. Now. Look, it's it's wonderful, no doubt about it. Now I'm not intending to be critical, not intending to be callous Get off my lawn. But this was less about less about helping another person, as much as it was patting themselves on the back, saying, Look at me, look at how caring I am. The Fellowship of Christian Athletes, they put out a daily email, a daily devotion, and earlier this week there was one that kind of goes right along with what we're talking about here. We're talking about people's egos and how they can be a problem. I'm not talking about confidence. I'm talking about an inflated ego. They said that for one. Egos, well, they push people away. Think back to the time that you encountered maybe an athlete or a celebrity who was full of themselves or just an average person who was full of themselves. You probably didn't want to be in their presence for very long. Nope. You wanted to get away. Proverbs 27.2 says, we're told to let another praise you and not your own mouth. And a stranger, not your own lips. And yet, so many people are touting their own horn on social media. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Bragging about our accomplishments won't draw others to Christ. It won't even draw them to us. We need to be secure in our identity, and we need to know that we are valued by God, with or without those achievements. If anything needs to be said, well, let somebody else say it about you. Secondly, in this FCA devotional, it said egos hurt people. As Christians, we want want people to be drawn to us so that we can share God's love with them. But a giant ego gets in the way. Sometimes successful people think they're better than others. So as a result, they start to speak and act ways that um, sort of reflect the fact that they believe they're better than other people. They come across very judgmental. They use sarcastic comments. They're they very selfish in the way they act, which obviously damages the relationship. Successful athletes, they have to be especially cautious about this because, again, that kind of success just sort of breeds it. Romans 12.3 says, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Another thing mentioned in the FCA devotional was that egos make, well, they make some people unteachable. You think you know it all. You know, there's nothing wrong with being being knowledgeable about something, but sometimes when we think we know it all, we won't listen to others. And Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 to 7 say, acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will guard you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom, and with all your acquiring, get understanding. There's always more. There's always more to learn in life, and God can use anyone to teach us, and as we said a little earlier in this segment, God loves to use the small. He loves to use the unproud. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The last thing they said there is that egos egos want the spotlight. Mm-hmm. We should be shining our light to reflect Christ. And again, as we talked about earlier, people are quick to critique someone who is doing something which they would like to do, They let their egos get in the way of actually seeing what God is doing through that other person. As Christians, we need to recognize the light in others. We need to encourage others to shine as God has created them to do. Just one more. They said egos take the focus off God, and that's really what we're saying here. Too often, people often believe they're in control of their own wealth, their jobs, their relationships, etc., First Corinthians one thirty one says, So that, just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. We're to show others that God alone deserves the glory. If you're battling an ego problem, you should actually be encouraged. It means that the Holy Spirit is causing you to recognize how important humility is in your walk with the Lord. The more we allow God to shape us through his Spirit, the more humility will become part of our regular character. Prayer, worship, meditation on God's words, all effective keys to spiritual growth and a victory over pride. And you can live out your faith, and you can reveal it to others by being encouraging, offering compliments, expressing gratitude, and by acknowledging God's role in your success. Do this, and people are going to be drawn to you. Not because of your success, but by you han- by the way you handle that success and who you are in the midst of that success. I want to thank you for being with us. This is the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson, along with Zach Barletta. We'll be back right after this.
1: Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of unsolved mysteries, mythical monsters, murder whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, the Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play, or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think we're also on facebook twitter and instagram at myths podcast so go check out the myths and mysteries podcast and we'll see you next time
0: Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that can pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals. Call Town & Country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs. So if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. Town & Country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024 and let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God.
1: You're listening to Beyond the Game talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal secure servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Rick Benson, Zach
0: Barletta, the Beyond the Game program recorded in Rochester, New York. Coming out of the All-Star break, second half of the baseball season, this is when it starts to get good, things start to mean a lot. If you had a poor first half, you can sort of put that in the rearview mirror and, and move ahead. What did you see in the first half, Zach, that really stuck out to you, that really impressed you? whether it be your team or, or just in general. What did you like about the first half?
1: One of my favorite things so far has been um, the way that Aaron Judge and Cody Bellinger in particular have just been raking, hitting tons of home runs. They're, uh, I believe the American League and National League, both the league leaders in home runs are rookies at this point, right?
0: Yeah, ton of home runs, ton of strikeouts. You, you want to say that hitting is dominant, mm-hmm. but I don't know that it is because the pitching is um I don't want to say it's been great but the strikeout number has mm-hmm. been there.
1: Yeah there's been um we've seen this push towards getting the maximum exit velocity and the launch angle and players are specifically trying to hit more balls in the air and so of course they're also swinging and missing a lot more.
0: I think for me and I'm sure you would agree one of the things I like is seeing some different teams at the top of the standings. I'm thinking of teams like the Minnesota Twins that are a game behind Cleveland uh, you got the Milwaukee Brewers who I know you're big on that are leading the central division mm-hmm. you got teams like Arizona and Colorado that have been competitive but they're in a division with the Dodgers so yeah you know good luck to you it's like being in a division with the Astros good luck
1: or even the Tampa Bay Rays which obviously they're in the division of our team the Yankees so we don't cheer for them but I think we all basically counted them as dead in the water coming into the season, and they're tied for uh, second place as far as games back in the East.
0: Yeah. They've been, that's been obviously, as a fan of the team, very exciting for us to have a team to root for that's very competitive. And you kind of knew they would be in the hunt. I, at least I did. I didn't think they'd have enough pitching. I'm still not sure they have enough pitching, but I kind of thought they'd be in a hunt, at least for the wild card. And when you look at the wild card standings, everybody's in the hunt. This is why we love the wild card. Yeah. It keeps teens alive. You were mentioning the California Angels. Oh, excuse me, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They still go by that crazy loan name? I think so. They have a losing record. They're second in their division. They're trailing the Astros. But they're only three games behind in the wild card. Mm-hmm. The Chicago White Sox, who ha- are— Really struggling well below 500 as I'm looking at their record right now. What are they 38 and 49 as we record this? But in the wild card, they're only seven and a half out. That's not impossible to make up. No. Nobody thinks they will because they got to leapfrog all those teams.
1: And they did but just, just saying, trade well, that's their ace what, this week, too. What's that? And they did just trade their ace this week, too. Well,
0: right. And they're building for the future. And I think they'll have quite a team come the future oh absolutely but all these teams I'm looking down the list here in the American League they at least have a shot they can go into the season second half of the thinking think second half of the season thinking you know what maybe maybe we can catch somebody not likely but some of the things that I like I like seeing all the rookies I, uh, that are doing well I like seeing some of the teams that are doing well that you're not accustomed to to seeing at the top of the standings. I like to see teams that, um, I don't know, teams that maybe are coming back and you see what they're doing. They're Teams like the Braves that are developing their future, the teams like the Yankees, yeah. or as we just mentioned, the White Sox, teams that are putting together a plan and, and you're seeing it take place in front of you. That's fun to watch. If you're a fan of that team, that's fun to watch as you see – as they say in NBA in Philadelphia, is you see the process take place.
1: Trust the process, right? Trust
0: the process, and for so many of these teams, it seems to be working. You look at you mentioned Tampa Bay and the incredible pitching they have, and an even better pitching coming up. Absolutely, that's going to be quite a team if they can keep it together. Of course, the thing in Tampa is, can you keep that team together? Mm-hmm. And that's a, to me part of their stadium issue needs to be solved. If you had, one of the things that came up is the commissioner was talking about expansion of the game. If there were places that you would want to see a team put, a new expansion team, would you want to see a team expanded? Let's say Montreal get a team, Charlotte, North Carolina get a team, or would you want to see Tampa moved, Oakland moved, teams that don't have solutions to their stadium problems
1: i would like to see tampa bay moved to montreal i would like to have a team back in montreal and solve tampa's problem because tampa is such they've been such a well-run organization that they're they're constantly developing these kids and bringing them up and they're good and 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 they're so much fun to watch and then you know that it's going to be a few years and they're going to be traded somewhere else and i would really love even though they're in the yankees division I would love to see them be able to keep some of these kids, keep a core together for a decade, and just see what they could do.
0: Well, I agree with you. I want to see teams moved where they can have a viable future if the community they're in is not going to get behind them with their stadium solution. And I know sometimes this is also on the ownership of the team as much as it is on the community. We saw this whole thing play out in San Diego with the Chargers. But I would much rather see a team relocated rather than expanding into a new market Mm -hmm. and still having the problems that you have in Tampa and Oakland. Romans 12.18 says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceable with all men. What I like this week is the courage of Kansas State offensive tackle Scott France, who told his teammates that he was gay. But what I also like is the respect and the care shown him by those teammates as he says he has never felt so loved, and so accepted in his life. ESPN reported this week that Franz was asked to divulge a personal secret during an off-season team-building exercise last year, and that's when he told his teammates that he was gay. He says, and ever since then, it's been great. I've grown so much closer to my teammates since. It's been an amazing experience. Franz will be one of only two openly gay FBS football players this coming season, joining incoming Arizona freshman defensive end, My King Johnson. I do not agree with his lifestyle. I believe the Bible is very clear on this, but I admire his courage to be strong and open about about how he feels, and it's only with love and compassion that we can begin to show the love of Christ to others. It's with kindness that we have the opportunity to talk to others about God's marvelous grace. I think this is a great thing. I think it's great that he can be accepted because he came out and said what he said. The courage of Scott France and the acceptance of his K-State teammates are what I like this week. You like that?
1: You like that? While we're talking about courage and acceptance, what I like this week was Astros outfielder George Springer wearing a microphone during the All-Star game. Springer has had a lifetime battle with stuttering. He does have a speech impediment, but he said that's not going to stop him from uh, wearing the microphone, talking during the game, having a good time, and being an example to other kids who may be dealing with something that they can overcome it just like he did. So George Springer's microphone during the All-Star Game is what I liked this week.
0: This has been the Beyond the Game program. I'll be away next week, though Zach will man the fort in my absence. I have kind of a neat opportunity, Zach, to be part of a week-long soccer camp with the church I grew up in down in the Catskills, so I'm very much looking forward to that. But I know Zach has special plans for next week's broadcast. I think you won't want to miss it. I want you to know that we could use your help. Please consider partnering with our ministry of sharing the gospel through Sports Talk Radio, Did You Know?, the Beyond the Game program currently sends monthly support to a number of missionaries, and your contributions help us to continue doing that, as well as bringing the program into new markets. Visit our website for more information, btgprogram.com. And be sure to check out Myth and Mysteries. You've heard it promoted a couple times during the show. I'm telling you, if you like myths, curious stories, unsolved mysteries, that sort of thing, you will love this podcast. Zach Barletta does it with his brother Spencer. Myth and Mysteries available on iTunes and Google Play. Visit our website, mythandmysteriespod.com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody.